Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? Um, it is me, yet again, coming at you slightly off schedule, clearly, obviously. If you've been waiting patiently, then you have the patience of Job, uh, <laughs> because we're off schedule. Um, how's everyone doing? Let me pause. Fantastic. Good to hear. Glad to hear. Love it. Love it. Love it. Fam, I am frustrated. Frustrated. So my my wife and I were in Colorado, and while we were out there, we saw these really cool bronze statues. I saw these really cool bronze statues of animals that were wearing glasses. I know you're saying yourself, Daniel, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. I, I know, but for some reason they looked really cool to me. Like it was like a, a bear with wireframes on. And anyway, <clears throat> however, this one was like a hair wearing like a pocket watch type monocle situation. Um, and I thought it was awesome. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm not a wall art person, but when something I really like, I'm like, oh, that's I, that I actually, I'm, I'm a real big fan of. And I was looking at it, and thankfully we were in Colorado, and it was like 250 bucks for this thing. And I'm like, I just can't, I can't see myself spending that kind of money right now. Uh, it just didn't make sense to spend that kind of money. But I was like, took down the name, and I'm like, I definitely want to, you know, circle back to that at some time and place. So we come back from from Colorado, and. I reach out to the artist or the name of the artist or whatever, and to find out it's not the artist. She's just a wholesaler for the artwork or what, you know what I mean? Like kind of like a, an affiliate program almost or a reseller. Who knows? Who knows? So I was hoping to kind of uh, like, you know, kind of barter, you know what I mean? I'm like, hey, I might build it. Like I noticed you don't have a website and I kind of do all that stuff. Maybe we can, you know, but it never got to that point. Um. But she kind of mentioned you can go online and find it because they don't do shipping shipping either. And I was like, oh man, like, like how are you gonna ship these things? They are kind of big and bronze, so I can imagine the shipping being a little bit of a nightmare, a little bit of a struggle. Um, however, I reached out and I started doing a Google search because your boy is good at Google. I'm good at finding things online, and so I find uh, a website. And they saw a lot of these micro versions of it, you know what I mean? Like the of the statues. Like there's like a rat, I'm sorry, a mouse, a rabbit, a squirrel, a hare, a moose, a deer. There's like a whole family of them, right? Um, and so I'm going around and I'm going around, and I'm seeing some are really kind of cool price forever. Then I find this website and I like they're like composite. So they're not bronze. So I'm like, all right, it doesn't have to be bronze, but they're composite which I, I would imagine makes them way lighter and way easier to reproduce. You know I mean? Mass producing these things would probably be pretty simple if they're composite. But they look, they're exactly the same photos, the whole nine yards, the sizing, everything. And they're at a ridiculous price. You know what I mean? They're coming from, uh, let's just say, uh, the nation of China, uh, <laughs> the Republic of China. 
And I'm like, uh, you know, I don't normally trust, but so I was able to order the whole family for like, let's just say less than 200 bucks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can get all of them and get it. Sweet. There's a return policy on the website and everything else. I was like, I wasn't too worried about it. I order them. I wait patiently and patiently. They finally get here and a box shows up and I'm like, oh yeah, it has the name on it. I'm like, this must be the first one. This is the first one because it's only like a, a 10 by 10 box. And it's kind of heavy. I'm like, oh sweet. Yes. So I'm like, that composite's nice stuff. So I can't wait to first one, hope the other one's on their way. And then I open it up and I was furious. Uh, it was micro versions. Every, all five that I'd ordered are in this box and they're all just cheap little miniature versions of these things. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I was so frustrated. So I go online and I'm emailing the company like, what is this? Like, it doesn't even look the one, the moose they were supposed to send me. They sent me the deer instead, which I definitely don't want or like a lamb or something like that. I don't know. And I'm and I haven't gotten any reply back, so I feel like I have fallen victim to a an order scam, and it's a frustration because then my wife comes in, she's like, "Oh, why would you order from this place?" I'm like, "Well, the price point was amazing, and like it, the photos were legit. The dimensions, I checked the dimensions. They had a return policy, like you know, and then their return policy, when you read a little deeper, is not quite as robust as I had, you know, quickly assumed." I was, you know, I, I had a instant gratification of buying it and I and I was like, oh, so frustrated. And so I've sent the email asking for a complete refund and return. Obviously, I'm waiting patiently for them to reply back to me, which I just for some reason am not holding my breath on. So I might have paid top dollar for some some micro miniature versions of these masks, which you know what? Well, you know, uh, we're going to make lemonade if we have to out of that. I will, I will put them on the wall as a, a testimony of shame, <laughs> of buyer's remorse is what I'll do. Um, anyway, how has everything gone with you guys? Uh, it has been busy. Um, I have had, uh, I've wanted to record and then like things scheduling wise. I mean, you wouldn't think it's so hard to, to carve out a half hour to record, but it is actually, it gets busy or like when I have the time, I don't have the inspiration. And then when I have the inspiration, I don't have the time. That was really the thing. Like I had things I really want to talk about, especially some stuff with my wife, but my wife is fantastic at dodging. Every time I say, Hey, let's record. She's like, well, and so I would like plan out time for us to record. And then, you know, schedules change. It's just, you know, I can't make excuses continuously, but I can say that, um, as much as I want to stay on the one week an episode, I'm going to have to like front load a whole bunch of recordings. Like I'm going to try and record at least like three or four episodes today. Cause I have a whole bunch of content I want to talk about, but I feel really bad because I, I kind of want to keep people consistently. And again, I don't think, I don't even know how many people are listening to this. I would imagine not many, but I also want to like, like get things out and off my chest. And so I think it's beneficial. Again, I, the reason why I created this is still a very important reason for me to continue to produce them. Um, who knows what happens with this content? Plus I'm, 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 I'm thinking about doing this for market, like my business, like kind of creating a marketing version of this, not necessarily this kind of situation, but you know, like a, a, a minute marketing type podcast situation where I just give updates or I don't know. 
I'm thinking out loud. Anyway, not important to the topic. So last week, so my wife and I, as you guys know, we do a, a class at our church every Friday night where we do, it's called Restore. And we just help people deal with, you know, addiction, strongholds, recovery, just restoration, getting them back completely restored into their walk and into their faith. It's really awesome, actually. It's, and it's really getting qual like quality movement and like things are happening and people are really starting to buy in. You're starting to see that, like how God's moving in their lives. And it's an amazing blessing to witness that. It just makes you just blown away by the mercies of the Lord. Like, my gosh just to be in that room and be in that space and be in those lives, those people that are are choosing him every Friday, you know, they're making a stand to not go and do activities that they probably want to do or their flesh does, you know, and we've met some amazing people and it's awesome. But Friday was my turn to give my testimony. So the leaders all, and they kind of go and give their testimony and you've heard my testimony for the most part. Like I have a whole episode about my testimony but it's not really the finality of my testimony. It's the testimony up into the point where I kind of got back into my faith. You know what I mean? I kind of got back into things uh, until I kind of got married. Like it kind of stops there. But I was, I was kind of writing through like what I wanted to say. And it had nothing to do with what God did then. It's actually more importantly what I didn't realize and what God is doing now. And that's what I kind of want to share about. And I started this whole, my, I actually wrote this out. I never really planned ahead. Normally I'm very much an off the cuff kind of person. I feel like let the spirit flow and that could be a really good thing or a really bad thing. I don't know. Uh, you can be the judge. However, in this moment, I really felt strongly that I had to talk about a topic and it was going to be one of those topics that I'm like, I don't want to offend people, but I, there's a good chance I could, I don't know, you know, um, and so I'll, I'll give you the opening paragraph to my, to my testimony. And I'll kind of go into it. But I said, I got up there and it was very, you know, it's a full enough crowd, I would say. And so I said, uh, what do you say when you finally quit the drugs and alcohol? When you are no longer a slave to gambling, pornography, and cigarettes, which I was. When you stop cussing like a sailor, which I did. When you stop listening to worldly music, which I totally did. When you are finally free from all the things that you thought were the giants in your life. Just to find out your biggest giant was still standing right in front of you and you never even knew it was there. The thing in your life that had always had a background role in all the goings on in your life now had a starring role because there was nothing else hiding it. That is what happened to me. I was a glutton. That is the sad truth that I realized after I got free from all my obvious addictions or obvious indulgences. And that's kind of what I wanted to spotlight on. Like I was never addicted to drugs. I just liked them. And that's a weird thing to say. Like I was addicted to cigarettes. I was addicted to gambling. I was addicted to pornography. But those were all excesses. You know, it was an indulgence. They were all medications that made me hide the pain that was going on in my life. Like it was, that's kind of how all of it started. And I realized that like, 
Like drugs were the, we always say that drugs, addictions, all that, that's just the symptom of what really is going on. And it's a true statement, such a true statement, but not knowing what the symptom of what, you know, and for me, you could say it was a lot of things, but I had a, it, it all was a spirit of gluttony. And let me just say this for, for people listening, like gluttony is not a weight issue. Like gluttony, there are people who are massively overweight that are gluttons, and there are people that are very skinny that are. You know what I mean? So there's you can't just look at someone and say, "Oh, you're a glutton." Okay. Um, however, I do think there's a definite correlation to people who are feeding their flesh. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. We're we're all adults here, um, and I was one of those people. Like I fed my flesh. I fed my flesh, um, and so I was very important. Like so, the definition of gluttony is the overindulgence or overconsumption of anything to the point of waste. And I think that's super positive because you can be a glutton on a lot of things. It's that spirit of overindulgence. It's that spirit of excess. It's that spirit of wanting more than you need and just pleasing, putting your flesh on the altar of what you worship. You know, and that's really what it kind of also boils down to is like self-idolatry. Like you worship at the at the altar of self. And for me, that altar of self was not wanting to deal with emotional pain. Physical pain, I was very used to. I mean, again, I spent a decade in like excruciating back pain. So like I was always fine with physical pain. Physical pain was never my concern. It was the emotional pain that I was running from. It was the emotional pain that I wanted to hide from. Like the reason why I wanted to always be high is because when I was high, I wasn't aware of how unhappy I was. I mean, I was, but I wasn't. It was my denial state. I, when I was sober, there was no denying how unhappy I was, how miserable I was, how far off the path of God's plan I was when I was sober. So the drug of choice when I was sober was food. I ate my emotions. Food was my drug. So I was never sober. I mean, if we want to call it, call it what it was, I was never sober. I was either indulging in drugs and some, some kind of sensory indulgence, <clears throat> whether it be my eyes, my ears, my, my nervous system or my food, you know what I mean? My stomach. It was brutal. It was really brutal, but that's what I got when I, when I got free of all the addictions, like I wasn't smoking, I wasn't drinking, I wasn't gambling, I wasn't doing any of that. I still had this gluttonous spirit. And I was like, what? Like, I thought I'd be good. Like, I thought I was like, like, Lord, like I, I was good. I, I quit all the bad things, but no one talks about gluttony. No one talks about gluttony. It's like the silent, acceptable sin. Like I, I just, I think about, and I even I even said this, like there's a huge difference between bad eating habits and gluttony. You know, I had both. <laughs> I definitely had both. I had bad eating habits and I was a glutton. So it was just, you know, it was a, a twofer. Um, but I, I was realizing that like people don't talk about gluttony. Like we don't talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Because normally you're talking to someone who's out of shape. Normally, you know, and that's uncomfortable to say, hey, clearly you're feeding your flesh. Clearly you're not saying no to your flesh. 
if it was someone doing drugs like that, we all recognize that they were drinking, they were an alcoholic, you would, you would have no problem going to them and saying, well, dude, why are you drinking so much? You shouldn't drink so much. But when it comes to food, we are always like, like, why are you eating so much? Like, clearly, not, don't get me wrong. Not everyone has that. Like, there are some people with some hormone balance or whatever. You know, like, I'm not a doctor, but it's not always 100%. But for the most part, for the most part, we can readily say, hey, what's going on there? And I, I was, and the reason I say that is because that was what I was doing. Like I was a glutton constantly. I was overeating and gorging constantly. And no one said a word to me. Like no one was like, hey, dude, that's kind of, do you need to go back for fifths? <laughs> do you need another, you know, whatever? Oh man, I used to go, that's so sad. I used to go to do fast food and I would stop at like three fast food places. Cause I would want things from like, it was like my buffet line. I would go to Jack in the box for tacos and a milkshake. Cause they had the best milkshakes and the best tacos. I would get like six. Oh my gosh. Here's an order. I love my usual order. I would get like six tacos from Jack in the box, a milkshake, a large, obviously, cause they don't go there for smalls. Um, then I would get like a Taco Bell combo, like a cheesy gordita crunch combos, like a box, you know? And then I would probably get like some kind of burger situation, you know? So I would hit all the major food groups, like tacos, milkshakes, whatever, dude. Oh my God. And I would bury it. I would bury it. There's no leftovers here, dude. I would bury it. And then when I was in Vegas, like I would do Roberto's became my, my go-to because it was on the way home from work. So I would get done with work at like 8 a.m., 8.30, 9 o'clock leaving. I would stop by Roberto's and I would grab five rolled tacos with lettuce, sour cream, and cheese. Then I would have a quesadilla. Then I would have either a bean and cheese burrito double wrapped with extra cheese and or a carnitas burrito double wrapped. And again, I would bury that. That's like so many calories, like more than my day's worth easily. This is like 3,000 plus calories. And I would just punish it. And then I'd go to bed because that's the healthiest thing to do in the world. Just gorge yourself and go to bed. And that's my lifestyle. I did it all the time. So like, but no one ever talks about gluttony. Like, like no one ever talks about it. It's always like, oh, I just got to get in shape. I just got to do this. Like no one talks about the spiritual implications of gluttony and that indulgence, that spirit of indulgence, that, that inability to say no to your flesh. We, we talk about it with drugs. We talk about it with substances, but we don't talk about it with food. And that was what I was battling. So when I was done with all the other stuff, this was the acceptable sin that was still in my life that was having, that I didn't realize was the, the genesis for all the other sins. Like my, my drugs were a, from a spirit of gluttony. My indulgences were a spirit of gluttony. It all stemmed from a spirit of gluttony. Wow. I was like, golly, like an epiphany about it. Um, you know, so again, it being the, the solution to my problems, instead of having Jesus be the solution to my problems, having God be the solution, the Holy Spirit, you know, um, like I, I said in the thing, I said, I, um, I would eat my emotions rather than turn to God. Food made the pain go away, even just for a moment, you know, even if it was a momentary release, that's what I would choose. But you and I both know if you've ever indulged. And gluttony that, it, that the a second you're done with gluttony it's horrible because now you're guilty you're gross you feel gross you feel disgusting because you're 
are gorged, your body is in agony, and you're just it, it, it like you have no desire to do anything at that point in time. So it's 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 a double, it's this vicious downward spiral with gluttony. But you would I would choose the 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 temporary escape of the pain with food, and then I didn't need God. Like I needed God clearly, but I didn't need him then. I could just go get food and that was easier. It wasn't easier. It was bad. It was all bad, but I convinced myself that I would just, you know, eat my emotions. So I was practicing self-idolatry. I was practicing worship. I was just not turning to the solution, which is him. Um, and it's crazy how the world loves that. This world encourages it, you know, like this, the, the models of this world, live your best life. You know, life is uncertain. Eat dessert first. <laughs> you know, all the things in this world, but so when I was doing my testament, I was talking about Paul, how Paul just rips into it in Proverbs. And this is like, I was like, ah, oh. Proverbs 23, 20 through 21 says, do not mix with wine bibbers or gluttonous eaters of meat for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. That was like my life for the better part of 15 years. That was me. That, that I lived that proverb. That proverb was written about Daniel Jordan for at least 15 years of his life, right? You know, then if you go into Philippians 3, 17 through 19, this is the message translation. It says, all they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross, but easy street is a dead end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. Wow. Like those are the people that just didn't want to follow follow God. They just didn't want to deal with the pain. They didn't want to. Well, it's not pain, but you know what I mean. Like they didn't want the struggle. They didn't want the the the. the they didn't want to be tough. They didn't want Christ's cross. They wanted easy street. Wanted to be easy. So their bellies were their gods. Belches are their praise. Man, that's such a brutal thing to hear. But I I, I existed in that space. You know. Um, but then if you go. I, I, 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 13 is, I love it. This is Paul writing to Corinth, which was a crazy, crazy and like gluttonous place. Like we think about Sodom and Gomorrah, but Corinth was as bad. Um, he says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. Um, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. So that phrase, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, was like a common colloquialism in Corinth, where they're like, that was their excuse to go ahead and eat it up, be a glutton. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, it's crazy, but we make, like, it's the same thing we do now, live your best life, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the, we make these phrases that let, that indulge us. And, the, you know, the spirit, the prince of this world, you know, Satan loves the fact that we dive into gluttony because no one talks about it. It's inappropriate. It's rude. It's uncomfortable. We we ignore the gospel to we ignore God's words because we don't want to make someone uncomfortable. And I I mean we all I'm guilty of that. We're all guilty of that. You know what I mean? But it's crazy what the Lord thinks about gluttony. Like like so like we think about Sodom. For example, Sodom. We think about Sodom and we say, why did God destroy Sodom? And all of us in the West all think of perversion. Like they were doing sodomy. <laughs> they were, you know, trying to rape angels. <laughs> this place was raw. You know what I mean? They were 
the men were with men, the women were with women. It was just, we think of all the perversion. But that's not what God says in the Bible. Like if we go into Ezekiel 16, 49 through 50, it says, um, this, this is God's talking to Ezekiel. The sin of your sister Sodom was this. She lived with her daughters in the lap of luxury, proud, gluttonous, and lazy. They ignored the oppressed and the poor. Like there's more to that, but theoretically that like, so it, he, God is saying they were prideful, gluttonous, and lazy. And because of that, they ignored those who needed help most. And let me be first to tell you, if you're engaging in gluttony, you are only focused on yourself. When I was gluttonous, I wasn't having a handout trying to help people. I was just trying to get my face full with all the goodies, desserts, treats, da, 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 da. you insert it. I was useless to people who needed help. I was useless to anybody, anytime, anywhere during those phases because I was all about me. It was an excess of me. My flesh had to be fed. And I'm sorry that meant you weren't because I wasn't full yet. I needed my portion and your portion and then someone else's portion. So those are brutal to realize. And so then I had to think about, okay, well, what, what, what changes that? What changes that? Well, you have to come to some certain realizations, you know, and the first one is that your body is a holy place. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 20. This is Paul just absolutely laying on the law. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. What? Right? And it's very specific. He used the word temple. Like a temple is a place of worship. A temple is a place of prayer. A temple is a place of sacrifice. And just, I, I was doing some research. This is kind of a great phrase another pastor said. He said, temples were built in cities as a physical reminder that God had a plan and purpose for their life. So when you saw the temple, like it reaffirmed you, like that's my God's there. And because of that, I know that my God has, has plans for me and they are plans of good. But also what you talk about is that they kept their temples meticulously clean. Like this is a fun stat he added to this. He said, Solomon employed 38,000 Levites to help the priests and 24,000 of those 38,000 were to look after the house of the Lord. That's how important the cleanliness of the temple was. I mean, Jesus cleansed the temple. You know what I'm saying? Little rip. Got rid of the body and shells. Like it's throughout the Bible. The temple was a paramount having it clean. The 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 desecration of da 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 da. You know what I mean? Like 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 the temple is a holy place. And so your body is a holy place. Do we do we see our bodies that way? Did I see my body that way at the time? No. Second, my body had a hefty price tag. Again, part of that scripture, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. We will spend eternity trying to understand the price that was paid for us. Like we will spend eternity wondering, like, Lord, why? Like, how was I worth it? How was I worth what you put your son through? But I can't say thank you enough. I can't cast my crown down to you enough. Like I'll never, I'll spend the rest of my life, eternity, trying to understand the price that he paid for us. Oh my gosh. So 
I don't get to say I'm my own person. I don't get to say I do what I want. I don't get to say I live my best life. Nope. I don't get that because he paid the highest price for me. And we don't, we forget how gluttony devalues the quality of your life. Like physical illness, mental depression. Like there's so much that gluttony does. Like, and I was impacted by both of those, like both of those, like physical illness, like my back, you know what I mean? My body, my inability to move. Uh, and mental depression, like just being depressed about being in that state. Like it's like gluttony is a robber. It's a thief. And then thirdly, my body has a holy person. Bro, if you've been saved and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're wall to wall Holy Spirit. Man, there's not a part of you that is not spirit filled. You know, and so we know the most high does not live in houses made by human hands. Thank you, Stephen and Acts. But he dwells in our physical bodies. John 14, 17. For he lives with you and will be in you. Our bodies are a holy place because they house a holy person, right? And so I was trying to like think about that, like, you know, like, what does that mean practically? You know what I mean? And so again, this, the, I, was, I was going through a sermon, this, the guy said it perfectly. He said, your body is ground zero for the Holy Spirit's impact on the lives of those around you. Wow. My body is ground zero for the Holy Spirit to impact my environment. To impact those around me, to impact my house, my wife, my city, my nation. It is ground zero begins with me. Wow. It is the Holy Spirit headquarters to influence the world around you. That's so crazy to like just think about that, but it's so true. It's so amazing. And then my body, fourth and lastly, my body has a heavenly purpose. The very end of that, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, is therefore honor God with your bodies. Like my body should be a billboard to his glory. Like my body and all of that activity should be telling the world that God cares about them and me. You know what I mean? Not my pleasure, but his. My life for his glory. And this phrase, I always love it, but like, the more I do what I please, the less I am pleased with what I do. And that was me. Like, there was no bottom to my depravity when I went off my own decisions, my own emotions, apart from God. Like, I realized that there was no bottom for me. It was endless. There's not one ounce of stopping. There was no stopping in my, in my system. I was going to go until I couldn't go. So death was going to be the bottom. Like for me personally, the gluttonous nature, my nature and all those things. Like, like I, me left my own devices. I always say I became the worst version of me and I wasn't even done yet. You know, I was still moderately like there was like, I know the pathway was, was brutal. You know, the, it was coming quickly. And so I'm so thankful that the more I do what he pleases, the more I'm pleased with what I do. Like, it's so amazing that being in obedience to him is so much more rewarding than anything else. But our nature is just to reject it. Our nature is just to like fight back. Our nature is to look at our flesh and say, you first. Or to look at something that we want and say, me first. You know what I mean? Like, it's so crazy how that's our default. And that's because we're SIN positive. Like, we just, you know, it's that, it's that thorn in our flesh. But that's why we have to renew our minds daily. We have to be in the word daily. We have to be in the word, not daily, constantly. Be in, a, be in constant prayer, like be in a constant relationship with the Lord because then it becomes so easy to say no to our flesh. 
It becomes so easy to say yes to the things he has for you. It's so easy to be obedient to the things he has for us. So, and that's kind of where I, I, I got to in, in, the, in my testimony portion, like, what are the practicals? How do we walk this out? Like, you know, the first and foremost, we say yes to his word and feed on his word and not feed on food. Feed on the word and develop a hunger for his righteousness because that'll be your righteousness. You know, like, like I had to develop a hunger for the word and thankfully I've got that. I, I still need to get it better and more. I like, don't get me wrong. I'm not a finished work, but I, I love the fact that I get to go into the word or listen to podcasts or sermons. They are just so inspiring. And then say no, <clears throat> say yes to him and then say no to us. Ah, you know, the most famous, famous example of this is Daniel when he said no to all the king's food. You know, he says, no, I, I don't want all that food, wine, meat, all that stuff. Give us fruits, veggies, water. We will we will deny our flesh because it's going to honor our Lord. So what's that mean? That means saying no to large portions, saying no to certain foods, you know, fasting, spiritual fasting specifically. It's something we don't do a lot of. I think as as a cultural thing, we don't. Or maybe maybe some people do. So let me not phrase that. But like it's something I'm trying to get more and more into. Like I want to go into spiritual fast. Like we start every year January on a on a spiritual fast for food, like liquids only for January, and it's amazing. It's so good. It's oh my gosh. If you haven't done it, do it. You want to talk about just every time you're hungry, confessing that to the Lord and asking for his strength and just, just, oh my gosh, it's amazing what it does to your faith and to your walk and to your relationships. Amazing. But, you know, it, it gives you the opportunity to avoid food, to focus on him, to say no to the things of my flesh and my desire, like to say no to the things that my, that my flesh desires most to say yes to the things that my spirit needs most, which is him. Like it's that opportunity to trust him, say, Lord, I, I'm going to be cranky maybe, but I need to trust you because I have a spirit of joy. Um, and then get up and move, like be active, go to the gym, do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like there, it's common sense. Like, you know, don't just, people are waiting for miracles. Like, please heal me from this. Well, put in that food and go move, go walk, go take a walk, go do something, do something. And I think that's kind of the thing that I was realizing too in our, our place. It's how could I sit there and say, I have the Holy Spirit and I'm walking with the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, when I don't have the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. You know, like how can I, how can I sit there and tell people, oh, I've got, yeah, you know, out of one side of my mouth, I'm, I'm, I'm saying these things. And on the other side of my mouth, I have no self-control when it comes to food, when I have no self-control when it comes to things. Well, that's not a fruit of the Spirit. So something has to be off here. Either I'm walking in the fullness of what God has for me or I'm not. And if I don't have self-control, then that means I'm not walking in the fruit of the spirit. That means there is a problem. And the problem's not the Holy Spirit. The problem's not the fruit. The problem is me. So then what, what, what is that? So that means I'm not trusting. I mean, I, I mean, there's got to, there has, there is a disconnect there. And so that was what I had to focus on. Like, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm praying for the fruit of the spirit, all of it, the fruit of self-control, the fruit of joy when I'm, I'm hungry, the fruit of patience, the, you know, like all the, all the love, like I want to, you know, I, it, it's all these things. I want all the fruit of the spirit. I don't want just some of it. I want all of it. Like I said, I have a glad in nature. I want it all. <laughs> but that's, that was really what I was getting at. I was like, I'm like, you know, it, how can I, how can any of us who claim to be Spirit-filled Christians in one side of our mouth be two-faced, two you know what I mean? Two-sided, double-minded. 
where, you know, I got the fruit of the spirit, but not that, there's not that one fruit. I just, I missed the fruit of self-control. I have all the other fruit. I'm doing so well. Well, then how can I, how can I walk in blessing and favor and, and, and all the things that got the fullness of what he has for me, if I won't deny my flesh, you know, if I was doing drugs, it'd be an easy call out like, bro, put down the drugs. But because it's the acceptable sin of gluttony in the world, and I, I feel like it is, and you know, it's hard to call someone out like, hey, dude, you're, you're, you're clearly a glutton. What's going on? Why? Why? It's not a judge of, it's not a judge of like, you're a bad person. It's like, let's, let's figure out why you are. Let's, what, what's the heart of that? Is it pain? Is it pleasure? Is it not trusting? Is it you're eating your emotion or you were hurt when you're younger? You've been, you've been abused. You've been through something. It's not that you are a glutton. It's the wise that'll heal, that'll heal you. And then being able to give that to the Lord, being able to honor that, give that to him for healing and restoration. And that's what I've had to do. So now for me, it's very much a, Hey, you know what? I have self-control. I don't need to go off the reservation eating. I don't need to do all that. I, I, I can stay connected to the Holy Spirit because every step I take towards gluttony is a step I take away from the Holy Spirit's authority in my life. Every time I say yes to my flesh, I'm saying no to him. And it was like a very obvious one-to-one ratio. Like, you know, I'm either moving towards him or away from him. I'm either trusting him or I'm like, you know what, flesh, you win today. It's like, man. And, and when flesh does win, it has to be quick for repentance. Like, okay, there's a difference between like eating and being a glutton. Like, and, and anybody who suffers with gluttony, you know the difference. Like, it's very obvious when you're behaving in a gluttonous fashion or you are just eating or you might have a big meal or something like that. But there is a spirit of gluttony. That's why I say it's not just a, you know, I have bad eating habits. That I mean, that can be a part of it. Your bad eating habits could stem from it. But there's that gluttonous nature. There's that gluttonous spirit behind when I'm eating sometimes. That's when I have to like, whoa. Um, yeah, yeah, that's not good. That's, that's the, I know when I'm near it and now I know how to be away from it. So that was what I might, I, I spoke about and, and it, it may, and it's very hard in a room full of people to talk about eating habits. You know, no one wants to talk about it. No, no one wants to address it. It's always that unspoken sin, that unspoken thing that we all know, like, man, like, you know, <clears throat> people are for a miracle, but won't put down a bag of chips. I'm not calling anybody out like that, but you know what I mean? Like, like, well, Lord save me. It's like that person on the roof that's, you know, about to drown in the storm and like, the boat comes up. So I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Lord to save me. And another boat comes and a helicopter and like, nope. And then like it's the heavens like, Lord, how come you didn't save me? It's like, I sent you a boat. I sent you two boats and a, a raft, a boat and a helicopter. And like in the world, like, oh, bro, you, you know, you can stop eating. You know, there's so many health issues associated with, with um, obesity. There's so many health issues associated with, with gluttony that just stop being glutton and a lot of these things go away. Like diabetes goes away when you're healthy. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. Anyway. And so I, I, as someone who is a family that like, you know, was raised eating our emotions a little bit, um, you know, I've, I've really had to really give a lot to God and realizing that once I was done with all the, what the world deemed as my addictions, I was left standing face to face in the mirror with, with the real addiction was the spirit of gluttony. And I had to really go after it and continue to go after it. And I continue to go after it. It's a renewing of my mind constantly, like acknowledging that, that, that spirit is there, but I'm not feeding that spirit. You know, I'm not accepting that spirit. I don't, I don't agree with that spirit. I'm moving forward. 
And it's amazing. I'm like 30 pounds lighter today than I am normally. Like I used to walk around between like 225, 230. And now I walk around like 200. I'll be below 200. Like my goal is lower. And it's not a weight issue. It's more of a health issue of like my body should be at this weight based on health. Based on healthy numbers, this is where I should be at. Based if I'm eating food properly, this is where I should be at. So then there's really no reason for me not to be. With exercise and proper eating habits, this is where my body should be its resting place. And so I'm, I'm amazed. I'm like, I'm 30 pounds lighter than I used to be on at. Like I just would carry around 230 pounds. And that's still not where I, I'm, I'm, I need to lose another like 10, 15. I know it sounds crazy, but I mean like that's for my size and frame and everything else. It's, it's nuts to think that I was always walking around with that much extra weight on me just because I, I just didn't want to, and I was active and I carried that much and I just wanted to carry it because I wanted that food. I wanted that gluttonous spirit. I wanted to feed my flesh. I wanted to avoid the pain of, of, of heartache of depression and everything else. So, but yeah, that was my joy, joy message I, I gave, but it was, uh, you know, I think it's awesome because I think people don't know, our, I don't, we don't talk about it. And it was amazing. People came up for prayer afterwards that, that they were admitted to struggling with it. And that it's amazing that you, if it's never talked about, it, it's weird how we won't, you know, you have to shed light on things. And sometimes you don't know, like, you know, I went a lot of years not knowing that gluttony was my problem. I always thought it was an adult, you know, an addiction or something else, but I never was able to spotlight what it was until I finally figured it out. And then bam, I've been, the Holy Spirit and me have been working at it ever since, and I love it. All right, well, this one actually went long today. Oh boy! Um, so that was it. Uh, again, I will be seeing you guys on as much of a consistent basis as possible, either every week or every other week, but whatever. I will get them out as consistent as possible. I appreciate all of you who are listening, and I hope this is this speaks into your life. And again, you guys are awesome. Uh, thank you, and we will talk soon. Uh, bye. You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't.